All right, let's get into this word. We've been talking about can't get no satisfaction uh, for the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we, you know, just getting into that, you know, a lot of times people uh, are in situations where um, they can't get no satisfaction because they're doing things outside of God. And so, of course, we said uh, when we do our things outside of God, we end up being what? Anybody? Thirsty. There we go. We end up being thirsty. And the thing is, the tough thing about that word, it comes across with the, you know, if you just walked up to somebody that you love and you said, you know, uh, and they said, well, what do you think my, my problem is? And you said, well, I think your problem is you, you're too thirsty. What type of response do you think you're going to get? Thank you. Right? Is that what you're going to get? No. Like, you know, who you think you're talking to? But, but let's deal with the reality. Are there, are, have we ever been thirsty in our lives? Yes. Were we open and willing to accept somebody telling us we was thirsty? No. So basically, we wasn't embracing reality, right? And so, are there thirsty people in our lives? Right? Are there, okay, so for, for the people that haven't been here for the last two weeks, are there desperate people in our lives, you know, making desperate decisions? And what is really the, the solution to get them out of being desperate? The truth, right? But is it always easy to tell somebody you're desperate or you're thirsty, right? But that's the reality that's what? That's the pink elephant, right? Right? So uh, we're going to indirectly uh, help out, <laughs> you know, uh, some of us that find ourselves in that, that place, right? And so we got into talking about some, some uh, uh, thirsty proof, proof scriptures, you know, like the thirsty proof our life or, you know, you know, to make sure we're fulfilled. So we talked about um, seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, right? All right? And all things will be added. If all things are added, we're what? We're not thirsty, right? Um, and, and we didn't talk about the scripture, but I'll reference it maybe down the world in my notes. But even when the scripture says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience, let patience have its perfect work, that you be perfect and entire what? Wanting or lacking nothing. Two different, one version says wanting nothing. The other person says lacking nothing. So if I lack nothing, I'm fulfilled. I'm not thirsty, right? Or, or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not be thirsty, right? And, and so, so we, we got into talking about that. And then we said this in Proverbs 11.22. Um, it says the generous soul or the uh, liberal soul shall be made fat, always fulfilled. So that, you know, so what was done today was generous. It was benevolent. It was tough. Like, like it was, and he was excited to be a blessing to someone else. Um, even, um, you know, at the end praying for the young lady that was, was guiding us. Well, that wasn't at the end because we prayed for faith too, right? So, so faith was in tears too, right? So we prayed for faith at the end. Uh, that she was the director, Right, but then before faith was uh, Xander, that was it, and um, you know she was so touched by 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 the prayer because when when we're generous, we and we're not just about ourselves. It has such an impact on lives. So I watched everybody praying. I watched, you know, uh, Trinity. Know I was there, but she was praying, and it was such a powerful, heartfelt prayer. And what I what I love is like no one was no pretense, no nothing. It's just you could tell the person's need was pulling on the hearts of everybody that was praying. You know, and because, but 
the person can pull on your heart, but if you're not filled up with God, ain't nothing coming out. You know, right? So you have to have some type of uh, filling. And watching people, you know, uh, I've watched people grow at this church, so I definitely watch you growing at the church. And just watching just the, an in, uninhibited person, loving on person, and, and the whole focus was about their need, not about how I'm going to sound, what am I going to say, what are they going to think, none of that. So, so, so that, that person is not thirsty, right, at all, because you're, that same prayer prayers and love that you pulled on to pour into them goes through you, right? And fills you up, right? So that's another way of not to be thirsty, right? And so let's look at, uh, let's look here at Matthew 26. So this is where we ended up last week. So let's get to Matthew 26. And we're talking about, the, the topic is can't get no satisfaction, but it's really like a foundation of this world's life, this world system. Earlier this week on Bible Study Fellowship, we were talking about uh, the kingdom. Remember, we was, we, uh, we was going through Revelations. We were talking about the, like all these different, different things that are happening in this world. And I don't know if it was LaBarbera or somebody was asking, like, well, it might have been Venetia. But somebody was asking, like, wow, you got, so what happens when this happens and this happens? And... The Lord was sharing that all this stuff that's happening, we're supposed to be um, in the kingdom, <laughs> right? So we're supposed to, we're supposed to, how can I say, be living in this world in the bubble of the kingdom. All right, I'll get into specifics in that when I teach on kingdom priorities. And so, so that's why the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things are to be added unto you. Right, but if we're not seeking the kingdom, but we're seeking to conform to this world, yes, uh, the, the 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 wars, the rumors of wars, the famines, the plagues, the covids, the uh, the inflation, you know, uh, can somebody get jobs? You know, paycheck to paycheck, all those things are in this world, but we're not supposed to be operating in the, in the world system, we're supposed to be operating the kingdom system. We're operating the world system is designed to create thirst. Everything in the world is designed to create thirst. You know, back in the BC days when, when I would go to bars, I noticed they always had pretzels, peanuts, and stuff like that on the bar. So I asked the guy one day, I said, okay, so why do you guys have this? He said, because it makes you thirsty. Then we give you something to drink that makes you thirsty. So you're going to spend your whole time sitting here, spending up all your money, paying more. You know, what you pay for that drink cost, cost was more than the bottle, right? The whole bottle. And so it, it, it's designed to create thirst because that's how they get the resources they need. And they never have enough. So they need you thirsty. Nobody needs you fulfilled. You know, they don't need your teeth fixed. You won't come back. <laughs> I know we need you each time you come to have a problem because that's how we get paid. You understand? It's not, I'm not saying they're being negative. That's their system. We don't have to live in their system. We can live in the healing and wholeness system. Right? Does that make sense? All right. So Matthew uh, 26, 41, this is, this helps us out. All right. So, 
Verse 41 says, watch and pray. So that's an attentiveness. So be alert and make sure you're, you're staying in the attitude of prayer. It says that you enter not into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. And so we have to be so consistent in prayer. I was talking to somebody and, you know, they had an opportunity to do something, which was very impactful. And I said, listen, I said, so the grace of God caused that impact. I said, and, I, and, and discerning-wise, you got ready for what you had to do. I said, God blessed it, but don't take it for granted. God was letting you know to stay ready. So to live ready, don't just get ready. And that's what the scripture is saying. Live ready, don't just get ready. Because if sometimes you may not have the strength to get ready because the circumstances are insurmountable, right? And so you will find yourself thirsty in something that's supposed to fulfill you, right? So live ready, don't just get ready, right? You know, prepare for a situation that hasn't existed yet. All right, so James chapter 1, let's go over here. We already talked about 2 through 4 and counted all joy. Um, you know, how you'll be perfect and entire lacking nothing. But let's drop down here to verse 12 in the same chapter. It says, blessed is the man that endures temptation. So, so it's saying that we're going we're gonna to be tempted, but we have to outlast it, right? Right? It says, for when he is tried or tested, he shall receive the crown of life. We talked about crowns uh, yesterday, right? Or was that this morning? Bible study fellowship in the morning. I know we talked about crowns, right? It says, which the Lord has promised to them that love him, right? The crown of life. It says, let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. For every man is tempted when he, what, is drawn away, or he or she is drawn away of their own lust and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin. And when sin is finished, it bringeth forth death. Right? So we always say sin takes you further than you want to go, makes you pay more than you want to pay, makes you stay longer than you want to stay. So it actually creates a thirst and tries to get you stuck in that unquenchable thirst or that insatiable thirst. Right? So, so, so this is scripture is trying to keep us thirsty proof. It's saying, hey, don't, don't outlast the temptation. Don't yield to the temptation because you yield to the temptation. It might facilitate things that you don't even want to be dealing with. So look here at 2 Timothy 2. We're talking about, again, how to be, how to get satisfaction, basically. We're talking about be thirsty proof, but how to get satisfaction in our life. And do you know some of us, some of us in our lives or some people in our lives um, have given up on being satisfied, they almost have decided to live unsatisfied. Like satisfaction, fulfillment is not an option. Sometimes people do it because of age. Sometimes they do it because of all the different things that's happened. And I was talking to somebody uh, recently, so we were just talking about um, just growing up in different cultures. So I said, so, you know, my first 29 years was in, uh, well, not specifically in Newark, even though that's where I grew up, but in the Essex County area. So Newark and play college basketball in East Orange. And so within those areas is how I lived. And so, so it's, 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 it taught me a lot. I learned a lot, you know, and I was sharing with somebody. I said, I said, I said, Newark is different. So I wasn't 
dogging nobody else's city out, but I was saying it's different. I said, it's, it, I said, I said, you have all these different cultures. I said, but it's something different about the impact of the environment you grow up in. Whether it's, whether it's a, a person grew up in Queens will say the same thing. A person grew up in Brooklyn will say the same thing. You know, they, they, you know, a person grew up in Linda McKinley will say the same thing. But, but I, I said to myself, I said, you know, growing up in that environment, I think I'm, I can pretty much handle I'm ready for any environment, right? In other words, there's not going to be much that's like, huh, what, what's good? There's not going to be much of that. You know, it's not going to be much of that. But it was, it was good and bad because it also could make me overprotective. You know, because I learned to have my head on a swivel, but I can almost overswivel my head, you know. <laughs> I could just, <laughs> you know, I could be all over the place. And so, <laughs> and so what happens is I had to, I had to utilize my, my upbringing and training, but I had to live, I had to offer it to God and let God show me how it can benefit me in the kingdom. See, so I couldn't just play off of who, what I've been through and what I was. We talk about that in discipleship class, right? Couldn't play off of just experience or, or things of that nature, right? And so some of the things that I was supposed to let go, I just carried around. Like I just, you almost live in a survival mode. You ever just live in survival mode? And, and, and fulfillment wasn't really an option. It was like whatever I need to do to get by. And it was like, oh, no, that's okay. Oh, no, that's okay. Oh, no, that's okay. So it was almost like keep the standard low and I don't have to worry about being disappointed. Does that make sense? I just keep it low. No, nah, 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 no, don't want to do too much, you know, as opposed to let me just go out here and see what God has planned, which, which is totally different. And so, so I think uh, as, as we live our life, sometimes in the midst of our survival, our, our only option of relief is, is the lust or enticements of the world. You know, remember Pastor Mel said, like, when you, when you live in, in thirsty or you live in, 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 a, in a certain state, you live with a void. And so, like, or if we're honest, right, so, so, so it's a family discussion online and here. If we're honest, what was our coping mechanism? What has been our coping mechanism if, okay, it's a tragedy? Think about, think about what your mind says is a coping mechanism or uh, you, you get fired or you break up out of a relationship. Th just ask yourself over the years, overall, I mean, I know some of y'all walking on water with God, you know, well, I just pray all the time. I, I, I get you, I get you, I get you where you at now. But let's, let's, let's drop back to the whole picture. We had to measure, put it on a scale, whole picture. What was our response when it got crazy? Uh, this is dry set anger. How many people, oh, 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 I got to have me a drink. Remember that one? Yeah. He says, it wasn't that far away for some people. So don't, <laughs> it's like, oh, let me think, let me think. <laughs> right? And, but but it's, it, it's like a default. What is, what's happening is I'm thirsty, and this is what I, how I've been trained to quench my thirst. And what does that do? It either numbs me puts me to sleep, relieves me. But this is the thing. When you are numb, it doesn't go away. You don't feel it no more. Or you don't feel it temporarily. 
when you come out of the numbness, it's there waiting later and greater because you never did nothing about it. So now you're going to be even more thirsty and it's going to be more of a void. And if your default is what? I got to go do something. I'm saying a lustful category is I got to do more of it now. Then I'm numb again, right? Or I'm distracted again and then what happens? I don't feel it in the moment. When it, whenever I'm doing wears off, when a diversion distraction wears off, it's waiting later and even more greater because I did nothing about it. And so when you see people break down, they didn't endure the temptation, it outlasted them. And then they fainted in their mind, gave up, and now that's when you find people in a stupor like, well, whatever, you know, you got to die from something or this is just how I am. You know what I'm saying? But, but the adversary, like, he's like, cool. Now I got them working against themselves. I don't even need to bother them now. I got them on default crippling themselves. Because you see what I'm saying? Just, just, just think through this. So, so, so from the beginning, the Bible tells us this, 2 Timothy 2. So now it's talking about, for me, this scripture tells us that we go through these processes that I just said, because we're in this world, right? You know, we know in part, uh, we're, we're shaping in iniquity and sin that my mother conceived me. So the scripture's almost saying, hey, it's a possibility. Everybody doesn't, because sometimes we're protected by parents. You know what I'm saying? Like we're inoculated. But for the most part, we go through stuff. Even me, I might have went through some protection, but once I got to college, I went crazy. Um, but so, so what I'm saying is we go through stuff, but it's supposed to be, has a shelf life. We're not supposed to be stuck in these, these youthful stages our whole life, right? Like, like there's a grace, because you know there's a time when your parents take on the weight of your sin because you're not accountable yet. That's why bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah, that's the age of accountability where you take responsibility for your walk with God, right? And, 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 and even when I was growing up in Newark, I heard about, I, I didn't know if it was bar mitzvah, but you know, you know, word on the street was <laughs> parents take on your sins to a certain age. So, so I never really asked the actual age, but when I got, when it was like 12, I was like, it's probably 13, it's probably 13, it's probably 13. And I kept changing the age, you know. So I was like, I can still get away with this because they're going to get the heat, which was selfish, but, you know, that's kind of how I was thinking. But it is an age of accountability. In that age of accountability, you're not only taking responsibility, but you're like, all right, I was born in sin. It got me. But I'm getting past that now. Now it's time for me to go live out a purpose life. Does it make sense? Some of us get stuck in time and we're older still living the thirsty life, right? All right don't get bothered because we don't have to stay thirsty, right? Does that make sense? And so, so we, now we, we, we cross over to a place where we can't get no satisfaction. And the adversary is sitting there like, so I, I went, when, when I was uh, coming up, I worked in upstate New York. And when I worked in upstate New York, I used to catch the, the, uh, either the train or the bus over to Port Authority. And I would walk from Port Authority to Grand Central Station and catch the train up to upstate, right? Now, anybody back, you know, back then, like Times Square, they changed it somewhat. Well, they changed it a lot. 
But back then when I was going through, if you walked down 42nd Street, every, from every store, somebody was going to come out, yo, yo, you want Coke, you want this, you know, they, like, you know, open up the, yo, I got watches, I got, what you need, you know, it was, it's like you couldn't get through the block without somebody trying to get, and, and most of it, you know, somebody will offer you drugs like Coke and it would be like baking powder or something, you know, like, so, so what I would do is I wouldn't go that way. Because I knew I was gonna, it was going to be a constant this, this, that, and the other. And even when I tried to go around it, Bryant Park, right? I would try to go around 42nd. People, yo, my man, yo, my man. And, and this is back in the boombox day. So I always had a big, you know, big radio, you know, turned up listening to my music. And yo, my man. But I knew something. Don't stop. Whatever you do, don't acknowledge them, don't stop. And you, and, and, but you got to keep telling yourself, you got to keep confessing, don't stop. I was like, whatever you do, don't, hey, get, keep, yo, my man, my man, because if you stop, they got you. Right? If you get engaged, they got you. You got to endure the temptation. And, 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 you know, you know, I had a quick first step when playing basketball, right, for a reason, because I, <laughs> I was like radio. Yeah, I was, I was gone, right? It was a big radio, so maybe the weights was keep, keep help, helping my game, too. But what I'm saying is, Let's go here, 2 Timothy 2, 22. I was trying to set this up. It says, flee also youthful lust. Uh, we got to look at the word. It says flee. Now, the word flee in the Greek is run with terror. Right? It said run with terror from youthful lust. Now, Flee also. That means in addition to everything else you're running from, <laughs> make sure you include youthful lust. Does that make sense? You see that right there? That's in the scripture, right? So it's telling us to escape this, right? It says, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, that's love, peace, with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So it's also saying people call on the Lord and they don't have a pure heart. But they're looking for answers and trip if they don't get a response. You ever, you ever, you ever have a conversation, you know you're not genuine, your motives, but then you mad at the person because they didn't come through, but you wasn't serious, you was gaming, right? And just because they didn't tell you they saw you was gaming, everything in them was like, something ain't right about this. Does that make sense? All right, so it says, flee the youthful lust. So that's another thirsty-proof scripture, right? Like, and, and that should tell us it has a shelf life. That's what pulls on me sometimes when I, people that I'm close to, they're stuck in time. They're still stuck in stuff. So I'm not, I'm not mad because you slipped and you, and you tripped. I'm mad because you don't realize, are we serious right now? Like, you're not supposed to live in this at this age. You're supposed to be fulfilling purpose, not just having success, but crossing over into fulfillment. Right? Success, and we already know success is fleeting. It don't really, it, it bites you a little bit, but it don't quench your thirst. Fulfillment does, right? All right, so, so the Bible says there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. It says, but God, with this, God is faithful with the temptation. He'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear it. So he's saying that these things coming at us, 
is not, what's wrong with you, right? What's wrong with you, Isaac? It is not like that. It says it's common to man because what? We've been born in this world of sin, shaping in iniquity. We've been talking about it during uh, the Bible study fellowship in the morning. You know, Satan, we've been talking about the lake of fire. We talk about everything. He knows he was kicked out. I'm taking some people with me, right? That's, is that me? <laughs> that sound like me over there. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> All right, so it threw me off, totally off, right? I was like, <laughs> am I here in another dimension? Right. But so, so we know that these youthful lusts are common, right? And so he's telling us, hey, I've given you a, a, a script. Then, then he tells us this. David said this wonderfully in Psalm 27. Love Psalm 27. You know, uh, he's, in verse 13, he says, I would have fainted. I would have given up unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now, I understand everybody waiting on a sweet by and by and trying to rest themselves in heaven. But, the, but this, the scripture says, David said, I believe to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That's here right now. Right? And, and, and so what he said, I didn't quit and yield to all these temptations because I'm believing fulfillment is there for me too. So if the temptations are coming to man, fulfillment should be coming to man too. Because the temptations wouldn't be coming at you if it wasn't trying to distract you from what God's trying to send you. Right? All right, so let's, 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 let's walk through this a little bit. Let's look at... Uh, uh, you know, how some of this stuff has processed through time. Let's go to Numbers 11. Again, we're talking about can't get no satisfaction, and we just did it like so, somewhat of a foundational review of what we've been talking about the last few weeks on, like if, you do, if, you, if you're doing anything outside of God, it can create thirst. It can make you thirsty, you know, and, you know, and that thirst manifests in what? Yeah, obviously uh, grappling that lust, but also you end up desperate. And when we're desperate, we don't make... Uh, uh, God-led, uh, patient, accurate decisions. It's all about self-preservation. You know what I'm saying? Like we think, right? When we find ourselves in, in trouble. All right, so Numbers 11 and let's see. Uh, we'll say uh, verse 4. Now, remember, the children of Israel were sent to the promised land, and they were told to separate themselves, right? But, but somehow, some of the people that they were with and bondage with kind of slipped in, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know. I mean, you know the story of different people disguising themselves, you know, and doing different things like that. But the goal was so you could stay locked in on what I want you to do, and you won't be distracted by uh, how other people quench their thirst. So, so, so we all with God, right? And, and a crisis comes up, and our response is when the demand is placed on us, we place a demand on God, then we're all going to be what? Leaning on God, right? But let's say two or few people come around us that's not, they ain't never leaned on God in their life. Well, when, it's, when, when it comes up, we're going to be like, well, I had the word says this, uh, we need to do that. Hey, well, let's get in agreement to have faith. But, but the, the, the other people are going to be what? Oh, oh you know. <laughs> We may, we may die. You know, like this, like, you know, remember when they sent the spies out, it was two that was like, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Like they interviewed the giants. 
No, no. You're not grasshoppers in their sight. You're grasshoppers in your sight. And it said that they came and brought an evil report, right? Because they were processing on things different. They were thirsty, right? And so, so here it says, verse 4, uh, Numbers eleven four. It says, and the mixed multitude that was among them fell a-lusting, right? You see that? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know, fellow lusting, the interpretation is lusting a lust. So it's like maybe double lusting, I don't know. <laughs> it says, and the children of Israel also. So look, wait, who created the lust? The, the people that weren't even supposed to be with them, right? <laughs> they, they offered something, a consideration. It says, fellow lusting and the children of Israel also wept again and said, who shall give us flesh to eat? Now, they had already got manna, right? And so somebody said, somebody brought up the possibility that what you have shouldn't satisfy you. Had you considered this? So now they're talking about, you know, where they, they want meat. You know, they tripping. Uh, another version says, uh, it says, meanwhile, I think this is, uh, might be the message. Meanwhile, a certain riffraff among the people... <laughs> had an insatiable appetite for food. As a result, they wept and turned back, and the, Israel, the Israelis cried out, if only somebody would feed us some meat, right? So they, they see insatiable appetite. So that means you have enough, but because you're, in, you're thirsty, you never get enough, right? Insatiable means unsatisfied. That's what lust is, right? Yes, lust actually means insatiable. Verse 34, it says this. It says, uh, it says that's why the place was named Kibroth uh, Hatava, because they buried the people there who had insatiable appetite for me. Those that got thirsty are the people that got buried because their lust had them complaining against God. God gave them what they needed, and they started complaining like that wasn't enough because they wasn't, their appetite, their appetite wasn't for what was going to nourish them. It was going to be what was going to taste good and feel good. Does that make sense? Does it? Now, Proverbs 27, 20, I'm going to just give it to you. I'm going to read out of the Darby translation, though. So it says, shoal and destruction, you know, you know, it says, are insatiable. It says, so the eyes of man are never satisfied. So if I, if I lean to the headquarters of hell and I lean to uh, uh, conforming to this world, I'll never be satisfied. It just creates more thirst. Ezekiel 16, 28, I'm going to read the, you know, it's a combination of the Darby and the American Standard Version. It says, uh, Ezekiel 16, 28, I just want you to write it down so you can study this for yourself. It says, and thou didst commit fornication with the Assyrians because thou was insatiable. Yea, thou didst commit fornication with them and yet could have not be satisfied. It says you got with people and you keep uh, merging with people under the guise of these my boys, these my girls, these my friends, this my family. We're not playing off of God's desire for us. We're playing off of what's comfortable for us. And we get into these environments where people trigger 
the wrong appetite. And then so now you, you find yourself unsatisfied. Like, let's step back. Let's just be honest, okay? Let's be real. Let's be honest with ourselves because this is the key. Well, okay, I'll be honest with myself and then you guys can choose if you want to be honest with yourself. When, when I look at my life and I look at um, the delays I called, I look at the hurdles I created, they weren't, they weren't the, the, the desires wasn't originated for me. I got around people who offered considerations. And so when they offered the considerations, like, like honestly, even when I first stopped, started getting high, right? I, I lasted as long as I believed I could because you know, middle school folk was getting high. I just walk through the playground, folks, they do all types of stuff, right? So I'm like, man, I'm not, I always didn't like following, you know, man, I'm not, that's not me, I'm not into that. So I, I kind of did it, outlasted it, which was a long time in my city, might not be long for y'all, till my sophomore year in high school. And then, and, and that's when I tell you the story, I told the story, I said, well, maybe, maybe I'm tripping. Maybe it's not them, maybe it's me. And then I said, I'm stupid. I, shouldn't, I needed the Bible. But I was like, well, can't knock it if you haven't tried it. That's the dumbest thing I could have thought of because once I try it, I'm going to create an appetite. That's almost like saying, you know, I'm eating good vegetables and I haven't had sweets. I'm in a good place, James. I know it's hard for you to believe, but it is. I had no sweets. And then somebody says, somebody offers me the sweets. I go, well, you can't knock it because you haven't tried it. Well, now I just created an appetite that's going to do what? It's going to shut my appetite for vegetables down. Dumb philosophy. Now, I'm talking about me, right? <laughs> I ain't say nobody else, right? I said me, right? And, 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 and I realized there were things offered to me like, okay, so let's say when I decided to get high, I just decided to get high. I thought of that. I originated that thought. You know what? It's got to be something that's going to take me into a place of inhibition where I have a little more, where I'm relaxed, a little more confidence, and I don't care. I care too much. Hmm. Maybe I'll go into the lab and create something. Is that how it worked? No, it was offered. And let's look at our lives and look at our choices and think back to how did we make that choice? Who was we around? Like, if we're honest, right? We can't blame them because we made the choice, right? But, but did it come from God? <laughs> I, I just want us to think, think through some things. And now we're trying to fix or make right or justify the error as opposed to cutting our losses that we weren't obedient, having the readiness to avenge our obedience, or, uh, a disobedience when our obedience is fulfilled. Right? Second Corinthians, right? Right? I just, I blew it. I shouldn't have done that. Hey, that's how I'm in here in Charlotte. I just like cut my losses. It was dumb. Yeah, if it wasn't for such a, no, if it wasn't for me not connecting with God and connecting with the wrong situation. I'm not even blaming them. It wasn't their fault. It was, it was mine. Right? No, yeah, I don't think I'm just talking about me, but go ahead. All right, so 2 Timothy 4, right? Right? And, 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 and Ms. Lamar, you, you've been talking about a little bit of this, and uh, Ms. Lamar has been doing a great job of walking through Revelations with the Bible Study Fellowship team uh, in the morning from 6 to 8. Right? 
just really, really, uh, I think it's blessing his life, to be honest with you. Because he got to study. <laughs> got to spend that time in the Word. Because you get a lot of questions, right? Yeah, welcome to my world. All right, so, so, so 2 Timothy 4, 3. I'm going to read this, uh, a New English translation, but uh, well, I'm going to read it out of King James first. It says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. Right? Uh, it, it says, um, but after their own lust, they will heap to themselves teachers. Like even get greedy for teachers having itchy ears. Right? So this is saying, the Bible says, man, shall not live by bread alone, but what? Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So basically, that's, that's the appetite that's going to quench our thirst, right? But it says, time will come when people will not endure sound teaching or rhyme a word or, or what God has to say. But they'll heat themselves up teachers. Now, now you say, well, how, how do people do that? Well, think about a lot of us have done that a long time. We keep looking for people that's going to confirm our compromise, right? And we gather a lot of them. And we say, when somebody challenges us, well, they are doing, how many times, have, have, even if we didn't say it out loud, they are doing it. Well, everybody's doing it. Well, I don't see what's wrong with it because we can see so many people doing it and it seems like they're doing well. We don't know if they're pleasing God or not. It just looks like they're having successes. We never check the fulfillment meter. We confirm it's okay based on the success meter. But I told you, I've been around people, I've counseled people, I've talked to people, multi-millions of dollars. Uh, I, I gave you since his public knowledge, you know, when he came, you know, he, he had developed a relationship with our former pastor. But when Dion gave the testimony of tr- driving his Lamborghini off a cliff, this is the time when this athlete was playing in a World Series and a Super Bowl. For two different sports. We went to his house back then. His house is bigger now, I know. But he had 11-car garage, movie theaters, entertainment, all types of stuff. But he sure took that Lamborghini, which cost more than most of our houses, and tried to drive it off the cliff. But if you, if you on the outside looking at his life, what would you say? It's deep, man. I just want to be like, damn, damn. Man, he, man, look, he got this, he got that. Because we look at successes, we don't measure fulfillment. Now, if we looked at fulfillment, how many people would we be following? Would we be following? I know I kind of merged it all together. <laughs> right? If, if, if we had a fulfillment, like, you know, when we put on our lenses, we could see fulfillment. How, how many people would we try to be like? Because you'll start to see the suicidal tendencies. You'll start to see the anguish. you start to see the breakdowns. You, you don't see, you'll start to see them when they go home and go, how do I get out of this? And you're trying to get in it. Right? When, if you really saw how thirsty they was, how they never have enough. Right? It's, 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 it's a difference, right? I just, I, just, I just want us to think through this. It says, so I, I just want to read this at a, out of another version, it says, for there will be a time when people will not tolerate sound teaching. Instead, following their own desires, they will accumulate teachers for themselves because they have an insatiable curiosity to hear new things. So it's all about something different, not about what God is saying. So it's not about what's fulfilling. 
It's just something that's different because it takes a while for me to prove that out so I can live in a compromise longer. And then when I get to the end of that, when I realize it's, it's not the wrong thing, I'll find something else new, let that carry me down for a while. And then since I don't really know what the truth about that is, when I get to the end of that, then I'll keep finding new stuff to keep me busy with not living in truth. It's a dangerous thing. First Timothy 5, 5 through 6. I'm going to read this out of the Amplified. First Timothy 5, 5 through 6. It says, uh, now a woman who is a real widow and is left entirely alone and desolate has fixed her hope on God and preserves in supplication and prayers night and day. Whereas she who lives in pleasure and self-gratification, giving herself up to luxury and self-indulgence, is dead even while she lives. So it says a person may be without something that was important and may be on the outside left alone, may look desolate, but has fixed their hope on God. Supplications and prayer day and night is more fulfilled than the person that looks like they have everything, but they've given themselves over to pleasure and self-gratification, self-indulgence. That person is dead even though they look like they're living. So, because in reality, this insatiable or this, this, this lustful flow, lust blinds us from ourselves. Like we can't really see what truly even supposed to satisfy us. Right? Right? So, and, and when, you, when you find yourself in this pocket, everybody sees you, see you bound but you, but you. It's hard for you to even see the reality that I'm bound, I'm stuck, right? And so, you know, I've given you this uh, the last couple of weeks, but I'm at least give you the scripture so you could, um, you could have it again, search the scriptures to see if it's so. Galatians 4. This is after our foundational scripture for the church. Um, which is uh, verse one and two. Now I say that the heir, as long as he is a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors to the appointed time of the father. So just, you know, preparation for purposes is what that's talking about. But if you drop down here uh, to, which we'll focus on verse eight, Galatians four, verse eight. It says, how be it then when you knew not God, and ye did service unto them which by nature are no gods, right? It says, but now after that ye have known God or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarty elements where ye desire again to be in bondage? He says, I get it, you didn't know, you didn't know me. I get it, you didn't know what really is truly supposed to quench your thirst. But now that I've come in your life, you're still chasing what's going to keep you thirsty? And so, so, so we want to conquer this, you know, because the reason why we can't get no satisfaction is because we find ourselves in this lustful, thirsty place. Uh, and it's something that, you know, all of us at some time of our life battle through. So it's not what's wrong with you, what's wrong with you. You know, sometimes we go, uh, you know, I got this issue. We, we attach it to hereditary, whatever. Well, whether it's hereditary or not, it's in this world. Like, so it's something that if, if, if we're... Just like gravity, it's like saying gravity is hereditary. Gravity, 
If you do nothing, you're subject to gravity. You got to do something to fly. If you do nothing, you're subject to sin and the lust of this world. We got to do something to stay above it. That's why we read the scripture, watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak, right? And so we want to conquer. I used to do, uh, I gave you all a plan to change. Was that this year? Yeah, so, so one of the teachings. But, but how their plan to change was originated in, uh, when I was uh, working for the church in Ohio, um, you know, the church had grown to like 3,500 people, so our counseling schedule was, was thick, uh, hundreds upon hundreds of people. And so people would come in, and it was going through things. So I was like, okay, so I got to come up with some, Lord, you got to help me get, give them a system so, you know, they can almost like, breadcrumbs, they can take a step and they, you know, they know they're creating some momentum and then they can see when they get the results, right? So the original plan to change was created for somebody dealing with lust. So they had a combination because I told you I, I would give them the plan to change, but within that category would be scriptures and stuff like that. So they had a breakdown of how to conquer lust, right? Scriptures, different things of how to conquer lust. And the plan to change was born. <laughs> All right, so that's where that came from. And because if we don't conquer lust, we don't realize lust is a possession robber. And so let's, so let's just talk about it just a little bit here. And, and of course, I know we talked about, uh, what do we call it, deceptive desires? Is that what the teaching? Something close. What was it? Deceptive something, right? Uh, I forget. It was a teaching earlier this year. So we talked about a little bit of this stuff. All right. So uh, lust is a... It's a perversion or a twisted version of love, right? Deceptive addictions. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, lust is a, uh, thank you, it's a, it's a perversion of love. It's, it's all about cravings. It's, it's being thirsty. It's being hungry. It's, a, it's a, you know, having off appetites. It's all about gratifying self, right? It's not doing what's best. It's just doing what's comfortable and what's easy in the moment at the expense of what's, What's important? Uh, my, my wife was saying this uh, a while ago. Uh, you know, one of the teachings she responded. She said, uh, "You know, lust is irresistible impulses, not resisted. So there's these, these impulses, but they're not resisted. And so, so we talked about how it draws us away from um, certain things. You know, when you, when you know, James chapter one, we had read through it, but it draws away from us possessing." Um, and makes us possessive. So, 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 so in other words, God designed us to possess some things and then things that we possess are going to fulfill us. But it draws us away from possessing to being possessive or covetous. You know, that's when we're desperate. You know, now we're possessive. You know, we can't even operate in a, in a, in a relationship because where are you going? What are you doing? What are you, like, because you know, we're, we're, we're possessive now. We're not possessing. You know what I'm saying? Because we, we think we're going to lose. Because we hustled or handled our way to get it. We didn't trust God to give it to us. See, God gives you something. It's God that has to maintain it. You do it. You got to maintain it. You're going to second guess yourself, right? Does that make sense? All right, so, 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 and, and, and so we're trying to convert or, or, or untwist this love, take it from lust and bring it back into God's original intent for us to operate in love. You know, and, and we talked about today going to the, the, um, the rest home, 
That was love. That's about giving. It, was, it wasn't about our time, our resources. It was about them, right? right? You see what I'm saying? Like this, it's, when we come to the kingdom, we come to church, we do things. It's not about us. And it trains us to not be about ourselves. It can help us get outside of lust. And it can shift things back in love. That's why we start with God. Seek you first the kingdom of God. Love God with all your heart, soul, and what? Might, right? Now, now people switch that to heart, soul, and body because they're used to hearing that. But it says heart, soul, and might. It's telling you to, it's, each stage is deeper. Heart, soul, and might. With your inner core strength and being, love God, right? And so, and, and we think, don't you got enough God? No, God is saying, no, when you do that, you're going to be deep in me. And if you're deep in me, then I'm deep in you. And if I'm deep in you, when, when a demand is placed on you, you respond in love, not lust. You don't respond thirsty. You know, you don't, you, you, like you let it play itself out, Right? I think uh, Minister Lamar was talking about that earlier today, just jumping ahead of what you're supposed to do, right? That was this morning, right? Yeah, okay. All right, so, so even faith needs love to be activated, not lust. You're not going to activate faith if you operate in, in lust because faith works by love, Galatians 5, 6, right? It doesn't work by lust, so think about if faith worketh by love, then faith is deactivated by lust. Right? See, lust steals our, our, our ability to possess our rule in God's kingdom. We're going to be talking about kingdom priorities here soon. But, you know, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Right? Scripture says all creation is waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. Well, we're not evolving in the sons of God because the, the adversary is offering us these, these trinkets of, look, you could be the man over here. Look, you could be man over there. The whole time he's trying to divert us. Remember we said it's your audience. He's trying to divert us from becoming the truth. Do you not understand when we fulfill our design? Like what, what we were designed to do, we're, not only we totally fulfilled, we're totally empowered and we're totally at peace. We can do successful things. If we're honest with ourselves, we keep telling ourselves, okay, I'll just use me because I'm not. So I remember uh, I spent, I just told somebody this the other day, I spent five days a week in clubs. I, I still was going to college full time. I still was uh, playing college basketball. And I was working full time at a meat, meat warehouse. Matter of fact, I worked about 50 hours a week. Now, you might say, now how could you do all that? I did. I averaged maybe one hour of sleep because I was on all types of pharmaceuticals, right? And so, so when, I, when, 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 I, when I think about, like, like, what was I thinking about? I'm in clubs five days a week. No, not the clubs that close two in the morning. They close the next day. So I'm leaving the club going into work and had to work 11 or 12 hours in 30-degree 30, 30 weather. In the, in the cold warehouse. Still have to pass my college courses and still have to have my game right for college basketball. Like, so there, there, there was successes. There was basketball successes at times. There was 
I don't know. I'm about to say relationship successes. Those weren't successes. Right? <laughs> Stop lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right? So, like, I'm supposed to be a, a child of God, and I'm settling for you scored this amount of points in a game. I'm settling for, you know, everybody else got to wait in line. I go right into the club. <laughs> I'm special. I'm, I'm behind the scenes with the VIPs. Somebody else living out their dream. I'm special. Cheating myself from fulfillment, right? And so uh, we're, we're going to end with just this, and we'll get into it just a little more deeper. Um, Next week, I think. Yeah, next week. So make sure that wasn't the vision day. <laughs> One of these Wednesdays, we got to talk about vision. So this, the scripture says the Satan has the same tricks. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Right? The things that are in the world, right? First, first John 2, 16. The lust of the flesh, lust of, lust of the, the world, and the pride of life. We know that when he says Satan comes to steal a word, right? Cares of the world, deceitfulness, riches, lust of other things. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, of pride of life. So we got the end of the Bible, lust of the, lust of the flesh, lust of the world, pride of life. You got the middle of the Bible, cares of the world, deceitfulness, riches, lust of other, other things. You got the beginning of the Bible, uh, she saw it was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes and make one wise. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. Every stage of life, Satan is playing the same game. To, to keep us thirsty. Lust of the flesh, lust of the world, and pride of life. All trying to steal us from being fulfilled. And so we got to watch losing sight of, 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 of what our true value, authority, and places in this kingdom by being constantly tricked by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the world, lust, lust of the flesh, I'm sorry, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. And we'll find ourselves now in a position of getting satisfaction because our satisfaction is in our purpose and our design, okay? And we'll get more into that next week. 